Scripture reading this morning will be read from 1 Peter 5, 7. That's 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Good morning and welcome again. We're glad that you're here today. We're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, the passage that Tanner read a moment ago. Before getting started, I do want to once again welcome you. We're so thankful that you're here today. If you're visiting, we're always grateful for your presence. We encourage you to come back. It may be the case that you're looking for a church home, and many have found a home here, and we'd love to have you be a part of our family. We'd love to have you call this place your home. And so we invite you to consider that. I know our elders would be more than happy to talk with you about opportunities for service here and what you can do to help us as we make known the name of Christ in this community. We're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 5 at verse 7. I appreciate the song that we had the privilege to sing a moment ago. I know that Jesus cares. Sometimes we sing about the fact that Jesus cares. We read where the Bible tells us that the Lord cares. And maybe the question ought to be, do we believe it? Peter said, casting all your care upon him. The reason, of course, is for he cares for you. There are a lot of great truths in the Bible. And there are so many great lessons to be learned from reading and studying the Bible. But to me, one of the most encouraging verses in Scripture is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. To know that God truly cares about me, that he cares about you. And we're going to be talking about that in our study this morning. And so again, I invite you to look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. We're so thankful for the opportunity to be together, to worship God, to study from his word, to sing songs of praise, and to be lifted up by our fellowship with one another. Today, as we think about the fact that the Lord cares for you, I want to begin by, first of all, accentuating the fact that we enjoy a great relationship with the Lord. The Bible talks about God's relationship with us. And you think about, as a child of God, how good God has been to each of us. We understand that as a part of the human family, we enjoy a vast array of blessings. Those of us who are in Christ, we too enjoy a vast array of blessings, but we also enjoy spiritual blessings. I want to first of all talk about the goodness of God. The Bible talks about how God is good to us. In Exodus chapter 34 at verse 6, the Bible says that God abounds with goodness. In the book of Psalms, in Psalm 145 at verse 9, the psalmist said, The Lord is good to all. From a universal standpoint, God is good to all of us. Now James said that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above. In other words, God is the dispenser of all the great blessings that we enjoy in this life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, in verse 35, that God makes the sun to rise on the evil 
and the good. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. And so to think about all the great blessings that we enjoy and to underscore the fact that God is good. But not only is the Lord good, but the Lord is gracious. And here I think about those great spiritual blessings that we enjoy in Christ. The Bible talks about some of the great blessings that we enjoy in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Paul would say that every spiritual blessing resides in Christ. And so those of us who are in Christ, we have a vast array of spiritual blessings. But there are three very specific things I want to talk about. First of all, the fact that God loves us. Now, God loves everybody. And sometimes I think people have the idea that God loves them when they're good and he hates them when they're bad. But the fact of the matter is God loves us when we're good and when we're bad. Now, God may not love what we do, but he still loves us. The Bible says, but God commendeth his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There are so many attributes that the Bible speaks about regarding the character of God. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, John said, God is love. In other words, God epitomizes love. God is the perfect example of what love ought to be. Now, God has demonstrated his love for us through the sending of his son, Jesus Christ. When you ask the question, does God care? And how does God care? How has he shown that he cares? Well, he's shown us he cares as a result of his great love. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so God loves us. God loves each and every one of us. And then there's a second thing. God leads us. God cares enough, he thinks enough of us to give us a pattern, a compass if you please, of how to get from earth to heaven. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. How grateful we ought to be that God has given us direction in life. There are a lot of people that float aimlessly through life. They have no idea what their purpose is. They don't know where they've come from. They don't know where they're going. They don't even know why they're here. And yet the Bible answers all of those questions. Jeremiah said in the long ago that man does not possess the ability to direct his own steps in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. But God has given us his word, and that word is profitable, as Paul would say in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction. In other words, God's word will get you home. Think about that for a minute. Here we live on planet Earth. One day we want to go home, don't we? God tells us exactly what we have to do. He tells us the road that we must travel in order to get home. And then there's a third thing as I think about the Lord being gracious to us. And that's the fact that God listens to us. Aren't you grateful that you can call upon the Lord? That you can turn to Him in prayer? Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open unto their prayers. In order for us to enjoy the benefits and the blessings of prayer, we have to be in the system, don't we? That is, we have to be in Christ. 
Think about your cell phone for a minute. You might own a cell phone that is a smartphone, but unless you get connected, unless you pay for the service, you can talk on that phone all you want. You just won't talk to anybody. You've got to be in the system, don't you? Well, by the same token, when you talk to God, you've got to be in the system. You've got to be in Christ because prayer is a great spiritual blessing that we enjoy in Christ. Jesus said that men ought to always pray and not to faint in Luke 18, verse 1. And so to think that God in heaven is willing to listen to my prayers regularly, daily, to think that God never, is never too busy, God is never disinterested in my life, He's never disinterested in where I am in this life, to think that God truly and genuinely cares. And He demonstrates that by listening to us. Now there's a second thing I want you to see. First we talk about God's relationship with us, but then there is God's requirement of us. There are a lot of expectations that God has of us as His children. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, the Apostle Peter sets forth an expectation, a requirement, so to speak, of God, doesn't he? Here's what Peter said, casting all your care upon Him. Well, why is that? Because he said He cares for you. God cares for you. He has shown that He cares for you in the relationship that He enjoys with you. And there are a lot of people in our world today, they have in their minds that nobody cares about them. David in the Psalms said on one occasion, no man cared for my soul. I think David was misinformed because I think that there were people that cared for him, but sometimes because of the circumstances and situations that we face in life, we may have that feeling that no one really cares about us. And sadly, sometimes people think that God doesn't care. But Peter said God does care. And because God cares, He wants you to cast your cares on Him. So first of all, I want you to think about this. God wants you to cast your cares on Him completely. That is, He wants you to give everything to Him. Now, sometimes how do we think? Sometimes we think, okay, I'm going to give God some of my problems and then I'll shoulder some. But Peter said, casting all, A-L-L, casting all your cares on Him, for He cares for you. Think about the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Paul said, in nothing be anxious. In other words, in nothing don't have any cares. Don't have any anxieties. Don't have any worries. Let me invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 for a minute. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus asked a profound question in the long ago. His question is one that we ought to consider. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 28, Jesus asked, why do you worry? Now, we could ask this question, why do you have cares? Why do you have anxieties? Paul said, in nothing be anxious. That is, don't have any cares, don't have any worries, don't have any anxieties. Jesus asked the question, why do you worry? 
And then three times in Matthew chapter 6, I want you to listen to what Jesus says. In verse 25, do not worry. In verse 31, do not worry. In verse 34, do not worry. He could just as easily say, do not have any cares. Do not have any cares. Do not have any cares. Do not have any anxieties. Do not have any anxieties. Do not have any anxieties. Over the past week, have you been handling the cares of life? Have you been burdened with the cares of life? Do you have anxieties? Do you have worries? You had any worries this past week? Man, we don't need this lesson, do we? <laughs> Looks to me like everybody's in good shape. We'll just close up and go home. Anxiety, worry, cares, it's part of life. The problem is learning to give God all of our cares, all of our worries, all of our anxieties. Again, what's the tendency? Sometimes we feel like we've got, to, we've got to be a martyr. We've got to carry some of those burdens, some of those anxieties, some of those worries. I know God said give it to him, but I just feel like I need to shoulder some of it. That's not what Jesus said. No, Jesus said, do not worry. Paul said, in nothing be anxious. Peter said, casting all your cares on him. That's everything. That means you don't carry anything around. You give it all to God. Well, why is that? Because God's big enough to handle it. Now, there's a second thing I want you to see. First, we're instructed to give God our cares completely. But secondly, we are instructed to give God our cares confidently. What do I mean by giving God our cares confidently? I mean, we give them to God in recognition of the fact that God has the ability to handle our cares, doesn't he? Now look at Matthew chapter 6 again. Because I think in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus, in a very straightforward way, talks about the ability that God has to bless us benevolently, to bless us with the things that we need in this life. So first of all, he talks about the fact that God is omnipotent. That is, God is powerful enough to help us with whatever we face in life. And he uses some great illustrations. Listen to him if you would, beginning in verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Now listen to him. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. His question, are you not of more value than they? Well, the answer is yes. The power of God demonstrated in the fact that he cares for the birds of the air, doesn't he? Does it every day. Day in, day out. 24-7. In verse 27, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature. So why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, 
Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Maybe that's the problem. We just don't have enough faith. Think about it. God has the power to handle our cares, our anxieties, our worries. The problem is we just don't have enough faith to believe it. So first, his omnipotence, and then secondly, his omniscience. That is, God knows about our needs, doesn't he? Is there a need that you have in this life that God is unaware of? Let me answer that for you. No. Whatever need you have, he knows. So listen to what Jesus said. Verse 31. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Now listen. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. The Lord knows. He knows your cares. He knows your anxieties. He knows your worries. He knows the things you need and the things you don't need. God has the ability. He has the power to help you with what you need in life. And God has the knowledge to assist you with the things you have need of in this life. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus would say that the very hairs of your head are numbered. That is intimate knowledge of you. The Bible talks about how we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. God is our creator. We are his creation. God created us and because he created us, he cares enough to assist us, to aid us, whatever we face in this life. There's a third thing I want you to think about. And that is his omnipresence. And by that I mean God is ever present. God is all powerful. He is all knowing. And he is ever present. In Philippians chapter 4 at verse 5. Paul in this setting is in a Roman prison. And Paul had no doubt many trials in his life. And he's writing to these Christians in the city of Philippi. And he's encouraging them over and over again to rejoice in Christ. To be joyful in Christ. And in verse 5 he said, the Lord is at hand. You know what he meant? He meant that the Lord is by your side. That's what he's saying. That wherever you go, whatever situation you face in this life, God is right there. There was a song that I learned when I was just a young fella. We used to sing it a lot at VBS. And the song was, Anywhere with Jesus I can safely go. Wherever you go in life, the Lord is there. There's nowhere that you can go and escape the presence of Almighty God. Let me just give you some insight into what I'm talking about. Turn back for just a moment and look at Psalm 139. In Psalm 139, listen if you would to the psalmist. He said, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word on my tongue, 
for behold, O Lord, you know it all together. In other words, the Lord knows everything. In verse 6, he said, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high, I cannot attain it. Now look at verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, he said, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, he said, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, he said, your hand shall lead me. Your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. The psalmist here is saying, number one, God knows you inside out. He knows everything about you. And secondly, he's saying, there's nowhere you can go to escape the presence of God. Here's what the Hebrew writer said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And then he asked the question, what shall man do unto me? So the Lord is with you wherever you go. So we talk about giving God our cares. We give him our cares completely, confidently, and then finally constantly. Peter said, casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. That means every minute of every hour, of every day, of every month, of every year, you take those cares and burdens and worries and anxieties that you face in this life and you give them to God. It means you don't shoulder those things not one minute, not one second. That's what God wants you to do. Peter said, casting all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. God doesn't intend for you to walk around here on planet earth shouldering the loads of life. What Peter is saying is, you turn it over to God. You let him handle it. he's He's got the power. He's got the presence of mind to know what you're dealing with. Now, there are times when we turn to people in times of trial and trouble and tribulation. Sometimes people can help, sometimes they can't. But I'm I'm encouraging you to turn your problems over to somebody that can help. The Hebrew writer said that we ought to draw boldly under the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The writer is saying that you can take your worries and anxieties and cares and you can put them at the throne of God. And let me tell you what, you're putting them at... You are putting them at the feet of somebody that has the ability to help you. I want to close today by saying this. God cares for you. You may be here today, and maybe you haven't heard that. Maybe somebody hasn't told you. This is what the Bible says. God cares for you. He cares for you greatly. And God doesn't want you to walk around life with the cares of the world weighing you down. So as a Christian, how grateful we ought to be. Sometimes we walk around as Christians and we focus on the negative and we're pessimistic and we don't look at life with a sense of optimism. We don't have a positive mindset. We forget about all the blessings that God has bestowed on us. The sign out front reads, 
you don't think you're rich, count your blessings. We've got a lot of blessings. One of the greatest blessings is to know that God cares about us and that he wants our cares, anxieties, worries. If you're not a Christian, I don't know how you're making it. I don't know how you live without the Lord. I really don't. I don't know how you can live day in and day out without the Lord at your side. I mean, I understand you've got some blessings in this life, but you don't have the spiritual blessings you need. You don't have the ability to turn to God in times of crisis like Christians do. The Bible says that you need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus said, except you believe that I'm He, you'll die in your sins. If you die in your sins, Jesus said, where I am there, you cannot come. If you believe Jesus to be the Son of God and you would be willing to repent of your sins and confess His name before others, to be baptized into Christ, the Bible says you will enjoy the forgiveness of your sins, Acts 2.38. Your sins will be washed away, Acts 22.16. God will put you in His body, the church. And you need to be in the church because the church is the saved. Ephesians 5, verse 23. If you'll be faithful till death, the promise is the crown of life. Now you think about all your blessings. And you think about if you're outside of Christ, you don't have the most important blessings. So you need to be in Christ. Maybe you're here today and you're a Christian. And you're struggling. You've been beaten down. You feel like giving up. Take heart. Sometimes we get discouraged. Sometimes we feel like giving up. But as the family of God, we're here to pray with you and for you. It may be that you've lost your way as a Christian. You're not living like you should. I would encourage you to come back to God. John said if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Won't you come as we stand and sing?